Welcome to Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage, the show that gives you a chance to hang with today's top contemporary jazz artists. I'm your host, Carl Brown. We're really excited about our guest today. I would say in our word, today's guest is a trailblazer. She is a two-time Grammy nominee. She has 12 number one radio hits to her credit. She has topped both the contemporary jazz and blues charts multiple times. She's been on some of the most successful television shows in history. And on top of all that, she is also an entrepreneur. She is the supremely talented and uber successful saxophonist and vocalist, Ms. Mindy Bear. Mindy, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is fun to hang out with you a little bit. Good. Well, we're excited about having you. We're so glad you could make time. I got to tell you, you have packed a lot in your career with a very long runway still to go. Tell us how you got started playing the saxophone. I grew up in a very musical family. I was pretty much born and then put into the band truck. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. So the first four or five years of my life, I was on the road with my dad's band. Not as a player, as an infant. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. It was super fun to grow up that way. I was pretty much raised by the band guys and their wives, the village, and... This band was a blue-eyed soul band, really high energy. Oh, cool. And they were just so much fun. My dad was the sax player and the keyboard player, the B3 organ. And he was that sax player that would shake and shimmy and knock his knees together and walk the bar, right? That guy. So when it came time for me to go into school and choose an instrument of my own, our band director, you know, put all the instruments out on the ground and she goes, go choose one that seems cool to you and we'll learn how to play them. And I chose the saxophone. I looked around, I checked everything else out, but I'd seen my dad having so much fun on stage and uh, it just seemed perfect that I wanted to have that much fun. So I did and I chose well. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, clearly you have. I mean, you've been very successful and And I got to say, I think you're one of the people who has a huge role in making it cool for women saxophone players, you know, because you've been so successful and there's been so many other women that have picked up the sax, you know, and I think you've probably had quite a bit to do with that over your career. So thank you for choosing that instrument. I love that. No one told me it was odd for a girl to play a saxophone until it was way too late. exactly. (laughs) And it is fun to see that next generation Coming up, I look back and I wasn't thinking this at the time, but I didn't have a lot of female role models, none on saxophone. I would look to the girls in Heart and in Nancy Wilson, or I I wanted to sing like Tina Turner, but I couldn't. But on a saxophone, I could scream like she did. So it is fun to realize that those of us who did choose saxophone or instruments that weren't thought of as women centric that we can change minds and we can change the world. And and hopefully it inspires girls seeing us do something different that they can say, hey, I could do that. I want to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been, I'm going to go back a little bit in your career. So you've been on American Idol. You've played on The Tonight Show, The Late Show with David Letterman, like some pretty iconic TV shows. What was that experience like for you? You know what? I loved American Idol because... I had been in this bubble for quite a long time of being a solo artist. And I get to write my own music. I hire my band. We go out and play my music. So you're in this beautiful bubble of music that you created. But it was so cool to step outside that bubble and be a part of someone else's career and many other people's career. When you step on the American Idol stage, you're going to play for a few different artists and So I recorded for them in the studio and then I'd go out and do the show. I was the featured saxophonist on American Idol for a couple seasons. You know what? I don't know. It gave me this kind of depth and widened my view at that point. And I needed that. I think we all need that as artists to kind of delve into something different than is just innately in our brains. And of course, then Steven Tyler asked me to go on the road with Aerosmith. A right. total life right. experience. And it was so much fun. <laughs> I can imagine. You got any stories that you can tell about that experience being on the road with Aerosmith? <laughs> you know, most of them take like a bottle of wine to get into. <laughs> but it's everything you think. Yeah. If you can come up with whatever uh-huh. 
you're coming up with. That's what life is like on the road with Aerosmith. But those guys are older now and they're just having a lot of fun out there doing their thing. But yeah, I could tell you one day I was summoned to <laughs> Steven Tyler's room. He wanted to talk about one of the songs that we were doing that night, Mamakin, and he wanted to just go over how we were going to do it. I go to Steven Tyler's room and the guard is at the room. But yet I see in the room, Steven Tyler has these little silk underwear on. Not as big as boxers. (laughs) Pretty much everything was showing, right? Just these little Uh silk uh things. (laughs) And I just look at Steven and I'm like, will you please tell Steven Tyler to put on some clothes and I'll come back and we can talk (laughs) some music. You know, I left for a little while. I got summoned back. So I I go back. I'm like, all right. He's behind this dressing facade, Uh you know, and he's talking to me and he's talking to Joe Perry about what's going to happen, who's going to solo where, how it's going to take place. I'm like, great, great, great. Okay. And he goes, and by the way, I'm naked. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Uh that's Steven, you know, he's walking around the halls like half naked and he's just a butterfly and he's, he's super fun, super fun to work with. Living his best life, huh? (laughs) He is. (laughs) (laughs) And Joe Perry was good enough to come and play on my next record, Wild Heart, which was just... That's awesome. Amazing. It definitely made me up my game. You got to stand next to Joe Perry and play a solo that's meaningful. If if he's standing beside you, you better up your game. Sure. You better bring it, right? So clearly you're impacted by lots and lots of different styles of music, but a lot of your recordings... You move so effortlessly through these different genres, jazz, blues. Is there a genre that you was your first love or did you just kind of love it all and explore it all? That's a great question. I think I grew up with everything around me. And so it seemed really natural to just be that. I mean, my father was in this blue-eyed soul band. So it was a lot of soul and blues and funk kind of coming out of him. My grandmother was an opera singer. She was a coloratura soprano. She was singing arias and playing piano. (laughs) Uh And then after my father's band broke up, I would hang around because he put together rock bands. And then I just started watching MTV. I was that generation that MTV came out with. And I was just glued. I loved the storytelling of the videos. And I, I loved the fact that the music could go anywhere from R&B to pop to rock, and it was all kind of creative. So by the time I got in college, I really didn't know much about jazz. I just thought that was kind of old people's music. I didn't really know Uh much. And all of a sudden, (laughs) I immersed and started buying every Miles Davis record I could and every Cannonball Adderley record and Wayne Shorter record and Coltrane. And I just loved jazz. So yeah, I think it was just the journey of being. I mean, you can't really not get into jazz if you're a saxophone player or you're not paying attention. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's all kind of true loves of what I grew up listening to. And now, yeah, in my music, you can, certain records are more pop and you can hear that pop influence. Certain records are more blues influenced and a lot more organic sounding or rougher But I I really just try to take what's in my heart at the time. I think every record should be a snapshot of kind of where you are musically and in life. And it should reflect that. Art should reflect life, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. Well, let's take a listen to a song that most of our audience is going to be very familiar with. This is April by Mindy Abair.
right, that was today's guest, Mindy Abeer, with the song April. So one of the things that struck me about your music is that it's all so passionate and soulful. So how do you go about capturing all that passion and that soul in your music? Ah, I love that you say that. What a nice compliment. Oh, you're very I always want to make music that moves people, that moves me. And I mean, that particular song, April, we recorded it right as the world was shutting down for the pandemic. We were in the studio the week before everything shut down and just making music with friends. And it was this beautiful place. So that song kind of tells a story and it kind of just weaves this story without words. Hopefully you can tell the story with a melody, but I feel like you have to put your heart into music and you have to play with all of you. You know, you have to give a hundred percent and the bands that I love do that. You know, I feel like I walk away from a concert knowing them a little better because they gave me a piece of their soul or they worked so hard on stage. They're covered in sweat. I know they must love me and everybody else in the audience because they would give that much. So I strive to be that artist. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. It certainly comes out in your music. And I think that's such a cool thing too, because you you think about it when people go to see you, they're coming to see you because they want to see you, right? Because of what they get from you in return. And it's so cool to see And I think, you know, there's one thing to be technically really good, but that passion and that soulfulness, man, when that happens, that's where the magic happens. So I agree. I mean, I know people who are incredible technicians and that is a huge art that is not easy to become one of the best technicians on your instrument. But I love someone who can make me feel with one note. People like B.B. King, he can sit there and play a whole solo of one note and you're just like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right, 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 and, right. Uh, certain people do that. Maceo Parker with James Brown's band, he could do that. He just lay on one note and you're like, that's the right note. And I love the way he's playing it. And the sound is cool. And I love those players. I've always been drawn to them. Yeah, yeah. So do you have a favorite part of the music making process or? You know, I think there are seasons of the music making process. Okay. Kind of the writing season where you're writing all the music and kind of figuring out what the next record is going to sound like. And then there's the recording season that you go in and you take what's in your brain that you've written and you put it on tape or on the computer and you make it real. And then there's the go out and play it to the masses and see how they feel about it if they think it's as cool as you think it is. So for me, my favorite part is playing it for the masses. Live. Okay. I've always been a live music girl. And not that I don't love being in the studio or writing. I love those things too. But standing on a stage is just awesome. And there's so much energy that comes from the audience and back and forth. It's just this awesome communication and conversation. So I love it. Yeah. Good, good. So you're out right now with the Dave Koss Summer Horns tour. And you're sharing this is a stage full of heavy hitters. So what's that like being on stage with all of those? I mean, all you guys are so accomplished and such great musicians in your own right. What's it like working with all those great folks? You know what? It is a blast to stand on stage with those guys and those guys being Dave Cause, Kirk Whalem, and Vincent Ngala. And it's so incredible. The first Summer Horns I did, it was the first Summer Horns, which was about seven years ago. And we made a record together and toured for about two years. It was me and Dave and Gerald Albright and Richard Elliott. And I just felt the same as I feel now that I became a better saxophonist on that tour and making that record because you're surrounded every night on stage and backstage with these incredible players and they all have different philosophies of why they do things or how they do things, what they're good at, what they do on stage, how they approach the instrument. But every night they are bringing it. And so from that point when Summerhorn started until now, it's just remained that. And, you know, you can stand on stage with your own band. I've done this for years and they push you. But when you've got four saxophonists on a stage and you're watching Kirk Whalem go out there and just 
throw down and Dave Cross goes out there and throws down and Vincent does. And you better say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you better go out there and do something cool. So I feel like I'm in this great world of being pushed and getting to talk about saxophone every night and be a dork, saxophone dork. And I think it's great for all of us. We're all having so much fun. Well, it's great for the fans too, because you can really see that energy and you can see how you guys play off of one another and how it just makes for such an enjoyable experience when you put so many great talents together. It's like a three-ring circus. I mean, I was, yeah. I was kind of watching <laughs> out of body. We were playing the Hollywood Bowl two nights ago. Okay. And Hollywood Bowl is, is just bigger than life. Yeah. And so you end up looking at it differently. And I was kind of looking at it from a different perspective and just saying, wow, there's something going on every second of the show. We're walking over here doing this little sax soli and there's a guitar solo and then this happens and that happens and we go into a different section and then Kenny Lattimore sings. So it is a really fun show that we've put together. There's no point where the audience is going to be like, oh, I couldn't go to the bathroom or I... I should make my cell phone call now. No, you're just like, whoa, what's happening? And I love shows like that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Do you have a pre-show routine that you follow or how do you get yourself ready to get out there on stage? You know what? I warm up. I warm up vocally. I warm up on saxophone and I don't have some normal pre-show ritual or anything. I usually try and bulk up on some carbs and go out there and go for it. <laughs> okay. All right. Carbs of choice. Any carbs of choice? You know, my backstage rider is uh, kettle chips. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are pretty good though. Yeah. But dinner for me is always something that'll kind of just get me through with the, it's like, I'll take the mashed potatoes. Yes. I'll take the piece of bread. Yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah, I know yeah. There's a lot of carb counters out there, but when you're about to do a show where you're running and playing and singing and everything, you're burning it off. Yeah. So I always think, load up. Yeah. It's like sport. Got to have that energy. Eat. Yes, Eat. Indeed. Drink water. <laughs> so on top of making all this great music that you make, you are also an entrepreneur. I would love to learn a little bit about that. But before we go there, let's do this. Let's take a listen to another song. And we're going to play Flirt right now from Mindy Bear.
that was Flirt by today's guest, Mindy Abair. So in 2019, I understand you and your husband launched Reserve Tasting Wine Company. And it is a really, really neat concept. I would love to have you tell our listeners all about your wine business. Well, first of all, I want to thank you because you're one of our members. I am indeed. (laughs) And I'm so looking forward to getting that wine. I'm going out to Napa tomorrow with my wife for three or four days, and we're looking so forward to it. Oh, you're going to have such a blast. Napa is so beautiful. It is. Yeah. Let me tell you about this. Look, I've spent my life creating music and playing music, but my husband has spent his life running very cool wineries. You're mm-hmm. going to be in Napa. He ran Mum Napa for oh, years. Oh, yeah, sure. And Kendall Jackson and Gary Farrell, Perry Jouet. So he's spent his life immersed in the wine business. And he's quite knowledgeable and he's amazing. So there was a point where he looked at me and went, okay, I keep doing this for other people, but I'd love to have my own business. And uh, he goes, I don't want to buy a vineyard. Uh, We're not in that tax bracket. I mean, to really buy a vineyard, you're talking about $20 million. But he goes, I know everyone. I know all the winemakers. I know all the winery owners. I can find wine that people can't find. So what we did was build a business on Eric goes and finds incredible wines that no one else can get that you can't buy anywhere else. And I named them and it's always something music centric. And then I create the artwork for it. So sometimes I actually do the artwork. Other times I'll have a friend who's an artist do it. Our two wines that you're going to get in about a week from our fall shipment are done by a rock painter. And this is a guy who's a fine artist, but he's also a videographer and has done videos for Duran Duran, Oasis, Alanis Morissette, Mick Jagger. He's done artwork for just all these people, Ramones, The Clash. I mean, he's just amazing, this guy's artwork. So both of our bottles of wine, he did the artwork for this shipment. So we have fun with the art. And then I put together a playlist for each bottle because he thinks in wine terms, he's giving tasting notes and everything with every shipment of each wine. But I think of it in music terms. So everything, the taste profile and what the wine is, I put together a playlist. You drink and you listen. And I think it all goes together so well. So we ship four times a year and it's all wine that it's all for our members. You can't get it anywhere else. And then we take people on trips. Yeah. We just went to Sonoma with 35 people and it was intimate. And I did a concert every night and we did wine tastings and ate great food. And we're going to do the same thing in Tuscany, stay at this five-star resort in Siena and just go out Montepulciano and Monticino and go taste wine and go to cheese farms and I'll do a concert every night. And so it's super fun. We both get to live out our passions and be true to who we are. And we always feel like other people are going to want to drink and listen along with us. And we were right. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm one looking very much forward to experiencing it. You know, when I was looking at your website, I looked at some of the playlists and I was like, wow, these playlists are pretty cool. Like, folks, you got to go check this out. These playlists are all kinds of music from all kinds of artists. And I'm looking forward to having one of those bottles of wine and just kicking back and chilling and listening. That's fantastic. And what a cool lifestyle brand that you guys have created. I think it's really going to be, I know I'm looking forward to being a part and I'm sure other people will be as well. So I think you'll love it. And yeah. thank you. Yeah. Go to reservetastings.com. If you can't remember that, go to my website, mindyabear.com and check it out. But yeah, you'll get your shipment in about a week or so. And yeah, I hope you love it. I'm sure we will. I've rarely met a bottle of wine that I didn't love. So I'm sure we'll love this even more. When it's paired with music, that's going to make it that much better. It does. Yeah, no doubt about it. So since you guys are wine connoisseurs and vacation connoisseurs and food connoisseurs, is there like you're going on a trip, you're taking people to Tuscany? Like, how do you find those places where you, that you want to share with people? How do you look for those places? And how do you figure out the experiences that you want to give people? You know what? We go by what moves us. Mm-hmm. Good. And our first adventure that we took people on was to Healdsburg in okay. Sonoma. Yeah. And 
that was an easy one because my husband, Eric, lived there for about 15 years. So he knew it like the back of his hand. And so we did everything from have a concert at Coppola Winery and look like Disney World uh, to go over to the head winemaker of Kendall Jackson, who's responsible for 20, 30 million cases a year. Yeah, wow. And went over to his house and had lunch and did a tasting with him. So it was really this varied kind of experience that we thought would be interesting for someone that we could offer that they couldn't get anywhere else. You can't just go on a tour and go over to Randy Ellum's house and get a wine tasting. And the same with some of the concerts we did and where we did them and the restaurants that we went to. I mean, we really pulled strings to make things cool and just create this really awesome adventure for people. So we're doing the same thing in Tuscany that, you know, it's like, I don't want to just drink wine. I want to go to a cheese farm. I want to go taste some olive oil. I want a cooking class. I want to go experience it all. So we're going for it. That sounds fantastic. That sounds fantastic. So Mindy, we do this little segment on every show and it's called Bout It or Doubt It, where we ask our guests to tell us some things that they like and some things that they just aren't quite feeling. So you interested in playing? Sure. All right. Come on, bring it on. All right. All right. We're going to spin the wheel for you. Oh. <laughs> I started yeah, this body body. If you body, get them up. I mean you body body. I mean body. We say you body body. I represent. I doubt it. So, Mindy, your category today is adventure. Bout it or doubt it? Skydiving. No. Yeah, no. no. That was a hard no. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was quick. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. I bungee jumped. You have. I'm not jumping out of a plane. Okay. But you bungee yeah. jumped. I bungee jumped. That was like 200 feet in the air. I'm yeah. not jumping out of a plane. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? God bless those people, but it's not going to be me. Well, you're braver than I am. I'm not even bungee jumping. So <laughs> I give you points for that. But I do know a lot of people that do the skydiving thing. And I'm not for me. I kind of, I'm cool with, I don't mind being in an airplane, but I'm pretty cool with being firmly planted on the ground too. So yeah, I like getting my little sparkling water in the airplane and staying in my seat. There you go. There you go. Not mad at you for that. All right, let's do one more. Let's do one more. Mountain climbing. What about mountain climbing? No. No, no. Not a mountain climber. Yeah. I grew up in Florida. Okay. Not a lot of mountains in Florida. (laughs) I'll float around the water. I'll swim. I'll walk down the beach. Yeah. I'll even hike up here. We just took our friend hiking up to the Hollywood sign because I live in Los Angeles now. You know, but those are hills, yeah. not mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not the great outdoors person like that. I have friends who climb the biggest mountains and totally get off on it and love it. And I have the utmost respect for them, but that's not going to be me. Yeah, yeah. I can't say that I blame you there. Not one of the <laughs> things that I would find myself doing either. So respect. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it's clear that your musical tastes and influences come from a lot of different areas, right? I'm curious, what's playing in your car right now? My car goes everywhere. Yeah, there's so much different music in my car. Oh my gosh. But right on my record player in here, we've got a actual record player, you know, like the old vinyl for you kids out there. It's it's what records <laughs> used to be made on. But I've got Donny Hathaway Live. Oh killer. No kidding. <laughs> and then, yeah, what's going on in my car is probably a lot of Dave Matthews. There's some soul, got some soul music going on in there. I, I switch channels a lot in my car and uh, I've got Sirius XM in there. So I'll go between like the blues station and listen to some Keb Mo and some Muddy Waters. And then I'll go over to the jazz station and listen to a little uh, Dave Cause and Peter White and Rick Braun, you know, and Kirk Whalum. And then I'll go over to the Soul Station and listen to some Ray Charles. And it depends on what I'm feeling that day. Different days are different things. Yeah. Isn't that one of the coolest things about music? Like there, no matter what you're feeling like, there's something for it, right? Yeah. You can find it. You just gotta gotta think. But it's so easy to find. I spent my morning this morning with Al Green and it was pretty cool. 
So Beautiful. it was pretty cool. So that's a good morning. It sure was a good I morning. I gotta go to his church. I keep thinking one day when I'm in Memphis, the guy still preaches in a church in Memphis every Sunday. And I'm like, oh my God, I want to go see Al Green. Yeah, yeah. That'd be amazing. They say he just breaks into song. I can imagine that's got to be quite the experience. I have to put that on my list too. I hadn't thought about that before you mentioned that, but I got to put that on my list. So if you weren't doing music, what do you think you'd be doing for a living? I don't know. I mean, luckily I haven't had to figure that out. I mean, even during the pandemic, I kind of looked at my husband and went, well, if we can't go to our people, maybe we just do shows on the porch. I have to find a way. We did one last night as well, but we just keep doing them. Even now that concerts are coming back, it was really fun to just play on my porch and go out via Facebook Live. We did about 50 of them. Uh Uh-huh. That's cool. And so I always find a way to do music, even if they won't let me go on the road, I'll find a way to take it to the people. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'd be. It would be fun to do something artistic. I, I wish I could be a painter. I'm very enamored with artists and art, but I have zero talent in that department. So there wouldn't be a reality to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so what about hobbies? Are there hobbies or organizations, things like that, that you get involved in that you enjoy spending time with? You know, I spent about 10 years on the board of the Recording Academy. I started off as an elected governor on the board of governors, and then I became the president of the Los Angeles chapter of the Recording Academy, and then became a national trustee for the organization. Wow. And I really loved being a part of that, and that became just a huge part of my life because they just do so much good. And I know most people just see the Grammy telecast and they think, oh, give awards. And we talked about that and obviously honed that year after year. But what I love is how much they give back to the community and they inspire kids and they give them resources to kind of fill in the gaps of losing music in schools. And they have Music Cares, which is their charitable outreach as well, that really gives musicians a cushion. Musicians don't have insurance given to them by their corporation. They don't have 401ks, all of that kind of stuff. So if a musician gets cancer, they don't have insurance. Music Cares comes in and helps them. And that's such an important thing that I I think most people don't think about. See musicians making millions of dollars and driving crazy cars in their videos and stuff. But the majority of musicians are making a living just like everyone else, you know, not making millions of dollars, but doing what they love. So you need people to help them out. So I had a really good time being a part of that and still go in and put in my time there. And that's been something that's close to my heart. Good for you. Good for you. I think it's so important. The power of music is so, it has such an impact on lives and to do what we can to help musicians to keep doing and hone their craft, but to be able to do so without having to worry about all those other things. The other thing you mentioned that I think is so important to me too is music has such an impact on students and kids and losing that in schools is such a big thing. I know one of the things that we do with our festival is we provide a grant to a public school to help them keep their music programs going, right? And when you see those kids pick up, like like in your story, when you see those kids pick up those instruments and you see them look at it with these big eyes, right? That's a huge thing that has such an impact on a life. So good for you. Kudos to you for doing what you do. I just see there's so much more than even the music that kids learn. I look back to my own life and what I learned being a part of band Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and being in school band. I learned teamwork. I learned to play with others, literally and figuratively. Sure. And you learn to practice. You learn diligence. You learn integrity to follow through with things, learn that piece of music, learn this. And I just think these language of music and the teamwork aspect, it gives so much to our kids that has nothing to do with the quote arts. So they get that too, which is immensely cool. But uh, yeah, we've lost a lot losing 
music and arts in our schools. So I do whatever I can to fight to bring that back in any way, shape or form. Yeah, well, thank you for fighting that fight. Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit more of your music, Mindy. How about we take a listen to Be Beautiful? Yeah. That was Be Beautiful by Mindy Abeard. That song is one of your songs that, you know, I know for you it's probably hard to say what's a favorite because they're all like your children probably, right? But for me, (laughs) that's one of your songs that I just love hearing every time I hear it because it has such a positive message to it to me, right? Yeah. What was the inspiration behind that song? You know what? I didn't write that song. I wish I did. There are those songs that you wish you did. I was writing with David Ryan Harris. Okay. And... I was listening to one of the songs he had already written, which was Be Beautiful. And I was like, look, I like the song we just wrote, but I like that song better. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Can I record that song? Yeah. And he was like, sure, go for it. But I think Be Beautiful just has such a, a heart to it. And I think we need to hear it. And as a woman, I know we can all get caught up in 
trying to be what people want us to be. Yeah. You know, we look at Cosmopolitan magazine or Glamour magazine covers and, well, we're supposed to look like that and our nails are supposed to look like this and we're supposed to be this tall and this weight yeah. and this color. And you know what? It's a rabbit hole of things that you're supposed to be that you probably aren't. So I really think what a beautiful song in so many ways to say, be free, be strong, be beautiful, because we are, but we can forget that. So that song has become a favorite of ours. We play it every night live. That's and cool. when I put together my album that came out in April, the best of Mindy Bear, I called it the best of because it wasn't just the hits. I put my biggest hits on there, but I put some songs that have become our favorites and our go-tos. And Be Beautiful was one of those. It wasn't a huge hit for me, but it's a song that has stood the test of time and that I love playing every night. Yeah. Well, I tell you, every time I hear that song, I feel like, I don't know, maybe I, I stand a little taller and I, I put my head back a little bit more. Just one of those songs that makes you feel that way. So it's a wonderful tune. It's a wonderful tune. Thank you. So I'm going to make you jog your mind here. Your three favorite albums of all time what would you say they are wow yeah three favorite albums of all time that's a lot yeah sorry but i really want to know <laughs> okay i'm going to start with cannonball adderley nancy wilson oh that is just a flawless awesome album that uh, i have listened to a million times. That uh -huh. I just love, love her voice. Yeah. I love Cannonball's playing. I love the songs. It's just flawless. Yeah. And I'll go for Miles Davis, kind of blue. Uh huh. I'm still not tired of that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's older than I am. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, it's got to be probably a, a Stevie Wonder record that comes third <laughs> yeah i would be with you on that one too probably gotta be music aquarium volume two probably there or, you go there or just you give go. me a best of Stevie yeah. wonder yeah 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 those are pretty good ones those are pretty good ones <laughs> i gotta tell you in all the interviews i've done with all of the jazz musicians that i've had the pleasure of talking to i don't think there has been one interview where somebody hasn't had miles davis on their list he's, i don't think he's, he's just incredible. amazing yeah yeah such a legacy for everybody so, yeah, those are pretty good ones, Mindy. Those are pretty good ones. I have to check out that Cannonball at Adderley and Nancy Wilson one because that's one I'm not familiar with. So I have to check that one out. Oh, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. So is there something our, you think our listeners would be surprised to learn about you that we don't know about you? Hmm. I don't know. Pretty open book these days. I yeah. mean, I let people onto my porch via Facebook Live 50 <laughs> times during the pandemic. <laughs> Let's see. What would they be surprised to know? You know what? In between, I don't think people know this, in between tours, I love to kind of rip my house apart and, ah. and put it back together. Okay. So years ago, I bought a 1916 Craftsman house in Hollywood, and it had nine broken windows and just everything was wrong with it. It was just falling down. And so in between tours, I would just get in here, patch up the holes in the walls, plaster and paint and sand and little by little just getting dirty between touring the house is beautiful and and it's been really fun i've had friends come over and help me paint or help me knock out the ceiling or whatever that may be but there's always something going on here yeah you're a jack of all trades making music <laughs> running a wine business and being a handy person as well wow that's a lot well, it's nice. You can <laughs> knock out a ceiling or a wall or something, and then you can have a nice glass of wine afterwards. Well, there you it go. It all works. Or two, even. Or two, even. Or two. After, what? after knocking out a ceiling, you deserve you deserve maybe more than two after knocking out a ceiling. That's a lot That's of work. True. That's a lot That's of work. That's true. <laughs> I like the way you think. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and there's a question I love to ask each one of our guests, and I think you've probably had a dinner party or two. Sure. If you can invite any three people to your dinner party, living or deceased, who would be at Mindy's dinner party? Oh, wow. That would be interesting, huh? Yeah. Wow. That'd be cool. I yeah. like this. <laughs> I'm like, hmm, who could I get? I would definitely have Tina Turner. I yeah. love Tina Turner. Okay. I can't think of who's the poet that was just the most amazing woman on the face of the earth. She died a couple of years ago. Her name starts with an M. Maya Angelou. 
Is it Maya Angelou? Maya Angelou. Yeah. I'm spacing on her name, but I mean, her books, I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings. Yes. And I just think she's deep and beautiful and sees the world in such an incredible way. I would love to just sit with her and talk about whatever comes up. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. And yeah, third. Hmm. I would love to have Paul McCartney over. Oh, wow. That'd be cool. He's lived so much and written some of the most beautiful songs. Yeah, just such an interesting person. Yeah, that'd be an awesome party. It'd be an awesome dinner party. I think so, right? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So what does the rest of 2021 and 2022 hold for you? You know, right now, we have a bunch of tour dates. I mean, my year is just filled with tour dates, which is so fun because... Last year, there were zero tour dates. Yeah, right, right. So yeah, this year is about getting back on the road and about reconnecting with everyone that I'm used to being in front of on stage. So it's so fun to see everyone's faces and see them smile and see them just be there with us. That energy is amazing. So I have a bunch of tour dates with Summer Horns. I think we have probably around 15 shows left all around the U.S. and Mexico. And then, of course, we're going to Tuscany with Reserve Tastings. My husband and I are taking about 40 people there. We're about three quarters sold out. So there's a few spots left, but really, I think it'll sell out pretty quickly. And then I'm doing a Christmas tour with Peter White. Oh, great. And in between there, we've got a bunch of dates for my band. We're playing just a bunch of festivals, the Berks Jazz Festival. We're playing uh, Jazz on the Narrows in Maryland. I do my own festival in Punta Gorda, Florida called Mindy Bear's Wine and Music Fest. And I always have cool people come in and play and sit in and, and we drink good wine and bask in the glow of Punta Gorda. So it should be a beautiful year. And then I'll have a new CD coming out next year that we've recorded. It'll be a little bit of everything, but definitely coming back to jazz with a little bit of an organic spin on it, but kind of taking a little bit of everything of me and putting it into one CD. And I'm super proud of it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Mindy, I have so enjoyed getting a chance to chat with you today. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your really busy schedule to tell us a little bit about you and share a little bit of your music with us. And we wish you nothing but the best and tons of success to you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's just, it's fun to hang with you. And thank you so much. I had a good time. Good. The pleasure is all mine. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check out our website, freshcoastjazz.com to sign up for our email list so you can stay up on what's going on with contemporary jazz. We'll see you next time on Fresh Coast Jazz Backstage. Backstage.